Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Dana Mallstaff, and we're going to explore Facebook groups and some of the really big mistakes so many of us are making and how to fix them. If you've got a Facebook group that is just kind of like barely surviving, or you've got a Facebook group that's kind of okay, but you want to inject new life into it and really figure out how to really ramp up that engagement, you're going to absolutely dig this episode. By the way, I am recording this on March 21st of 2022, and we just finished Social Media Marketing World, and thousands of marketers traveled all over the world to San Diego Convention Center, and I got to tell you, it was so good to be back in person, and so many of you that are listening probably were there, and I know many of you probably have it on your bucket list, but I just want to tell you folks, live events are back, and man, was it necessary for us to get back together as a group and really just connect with each other and experience some really amazing content and get to hang out in the halls and stuff like that. People just had a blast. So as you know, you're listening to this, the event is over with. I just wanted to reflect for a few seconds and thank you if you were involved in any capacity. It was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're a new listener to this podcast, follow us because we've got some great content coming your way. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Dana Malstaff. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Dana Malstaff. 
If you don't know who she is, she's author of the book, Boss Mom and host of the Boss Mom podcast. She's also founder of the Nurture to Convert Society, a group coaching program for mompreneurs who hate selling. Welcome back to the show, Dana. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. So Dan and I are going to explore some of the biggest mistakes businesses make when it comes to Facebook groups and how to fix them. Now, it's been a while since you've been on the show. I think it's been like four or five years. It was 2018 when you were last on the show. And I would love to know what's happened since you've been on the show because, you know, we've had a pandemic and I'm sure things have changed with you over the last four years. So what's been happening with you? Bring us up to speed on what's going on with you. Yeah. Well, you have kids. So pandemic or not, having kids that are, you know, three, four years old, going into kindergarten, second grade, all those things, that's its own set of trauma. Right. <laughs> with that. So having them home just added to that. I think all of us simplified our businesses, which is one of the biggest benefits of all of that which ensued over the last several years is simplifying, really figuring out what works best for us. That's how the Nurture to Convert Society came out of that. We went from doing big group coaching to really being ferociously passionate about a concept we're calling micro-coaching model and shifting the way that we coach moms who have a lot of distractions so that we're not just offering something to moms because I'm a mom, we're actually offering programs that are designed for moms' schedules and for their life. So a lot of really good has happened, honing in, as we all do in our business, on all the most important things and letting go of everything else. So it's been painful, but fun. Can I do both of those things simultaneously? <laughs> 100%. You know, I call it refiner's fire, right? I mean, the pandemic has created so many amazing positive things, right, for so many people because it forced them to not just stay on the same track they've always been on, but to assess how they want to do what they want to do with your business. Why don't you just give everybody that aren't familiar with you and your brand, it's obvious you're for moms, but tell us a little bit more about the group you've built. Yeah. Yeah. So back in 2015, I was pregnant with my daughter. I had started a business and it was hard because I was, you know, had an infant. I ended up writing a book called Boss Mom, The Ultimate Guide to Raising a Business and Nurturing Your Family Like a Pro. And it just did really well. And so we realized something really big. And this is big for when we talk about how we're building communities, especially in Facebook, is that it's not just enough to be similar people, that we have to actually identify what parts of ourselves we want to accept fully in the group and not judge, and what parts of ourselves we want to fix together. And it's just the same thing as I would say to a friend, do you want Coach Dana or Friend Dana? Like we have to start making those distinctions in our communities. We realized that we needed to create this over acceptance of being a hot mess as a mom sometimes and being successful in spite of that happening. And it just did really well. We fanned the flame. Um, we've boss mommed everything since that was almost seven years ago. And now we really hyper focus on programs designed for the time allotment, the in-between moments, the way moms have to grow their business that's a little bit slower than, say, someone who doesn't have kids and has a lot more time and less responsibility and who has maybe is able to make their business their number one priority. There are a lot of moms that have dual priorities, and we have to figure out systems that make them feel not guilty about the way they're growing their business. 
So we've just honed in on that more and more. We got featured in the Today Show last year for helping build out communities. We relaunched our local meetups. So now we have, again, over 80. We're back up to about 80 local meetups internationally, and that grows every single day. And it's really about... Like I'd love for years from now just to have every woman that wants to step away from a traditional career and be able to have a business and raise her children in a much more flexible space to have all the opportunities that she could ever want to do something she actually loves and is passionate about while showing her kids that doing something we're passionate about is financially viable. And how big is your Facebook group? Yeah, so we are 70,000. We get about 100 requests a day. Wow. And it's a free group. Is that right? Or is it a paid group? It is a free group. It's not a public group. It's a private group. So you have to be accepted in. And we actually reject about 30 to 40% of the people that come in at our volume. Not everybody is the right fit. But yeah, it's it just growing. And then our Nurture to Convert Society is our closed membership. And that is just where our actual members go. So we have two, one that is specific to what we do, and one is more broad to the community. And the society... What is that exactly? What do they get when they join that? Yeah. So it is a complete full business building hub designed for moms. We specialize in women that are either advanced degrees that are bringing their practice online or moms who have done a hero's journey, sort of discovered something and now want to teach it. So we specialize in parenting coaches and life coaches and relationship coaches and all sorts of amazing industries these women are in who are really not excited about sales and marketing. And we show them how to build an entire automated system and messaging so that they don't have to be on social media all the time. Is it safe to assume that your Facebook group is kind of, you built your business on the back of the Facebook group? Is that a fair assessment? You know, I would say it's two. I would say there's the Facebook group that has made the community component and has really helped build the brand. But as far as my business growth, it's that the Facebook community created opportunities like this where I get featured for building community that has. So it's all a nice little ecosystem. <laughs> Do you presume that most of your customers are first members of the Facebook group? Is that generally how it works? Oh, totally. And most of our email opt-ins majority come in from the Facebook group because we gather emails as people join. For all the non-moms out there, I'm clearly not a mom, you know, and there's plenty of women listening who are not moms. Keep listening because what we're going to talk about today is how to use a Facebook group because so many people have Facebook groups, but the truth of the matter is that they're making a lot of mistakes, right? Which Dana has, you know, kind of overcome, right? And we're here to help everyone understand, like, here's the right way to do it so that you can build a business that will get you opportunities to be on media, opportunities to generate more leads, opportunities to build your own membership organization, opportunities to have more consulting gigs or whatever you want to do, right? So my next question is a lot of people are like, Facebook, really? You know, like, I'm not sure about Facebook. Should we really use Facebook to build our community, especially now? You know, because obviously you've been doing this before all the crazy stuff that's been happening with Facebook. What do you want to say to people who are a little bit concerned about building a Facebook group slash community? Why should they maybe consider and listen to what we're going to talk about today? Yeah. Well, Facebook is not the number one in all things, <laughs> right? But it is the number one in how online communities are built and the resources that are available there. I've had clients and colleagues and friends on every other 
social platform you can have where you can have a group-like community. And there is nothing like Facebook. So they are putting more and more energy into that. You can have people that never go to their general feed, that don't care about pages, that don't care about stories. Facebook can try and be special in all those areas. Most people, or I say the portion of people don't care. By the way, I don't see anything I don't want to see. I'm only in my group. So you can actually not get sucked in. Like you can't get on Instagram. You can't get on Twitter. You can't get on any of those places without getting sucked into all the other things in the world that are happening that are the things that distract you. Within groups, it is this nice, it's like walking into a restaurant or a bar or a store with your friends and you're in this bubble. And Facebook continues to add more and more resources for those spaces to manage to curate, to connect and communicate. If you have an ideal client who wants to connect and share what th- what's happening with them and connect with other people that are having similar problems or similar life aspects, then not having a group is pretty much leaving you alone in the wilderness where you have to do everything yourself as opposed to creating an ecosystem where the community itself helps keep the engine going, which is part of its major value. Well, and you and I last week were together with thousands of marketers from all over the world at Social Media Marketing World. And in my opening keynote, I mentioned that, you know, post 2018, it's all about meaningful conversations on Facebook, which is where groups, it happens. And we made a strategic decision not to have an app at our conference. Everything was in the group. And I don't know, Dan, if you were part of the group, but the group was on fire. I mean, like people were going nuts and there's so much you can do now with Facebook groups that you couldn't do years ago, like have little organized meetups and just all sorts of crazy stuff. Facebook has done a good job. And let's not forget 3 billion monthly active users. The whole world seems to be on it, right? Yeah, that's it's funny. I remember a couple of years ago going to Social Media Marketing World and I was there speaking about Facebook groups and somebody was there talking about YouTube and somebody introduced us and they're like, Facebook, like, isn't Facebook dead? Right. If you're never there, it feels like it doesn't exist. But there's a ton of places that I'm like, I don't think I've been on Twitter in like five years. It's just not the place where I hang out. But I still understand that people are there doing things. Facebook is very, very vibrant. And we have girls in our community that have super niche down groups and really vibrant communities. And they're growing really fast. If you catch the right wave, especially they explode. And once people are starting to engage in your group, that's the beauty of it. You're not the one doing all the work. It's the only place that I have found online where as it grows, you can do less work in order to get results. Like that never happens. It's either as you grow, you have to be there more, you have to post more, you have to engage more. That is not the case in a Facebook group as it grows. It starts to manage itself, which is kind of what we all would like is a little bit of space. (laughs) Well, so many people listening have Facebook groups that are essentially like ghost towns, right? Yeah. They're not working. It's dying a slow death. (laughs) Why don't you talk about what some of the common mishaps are that so many people make with Facebook groups and maybe why these things don't work anymore? Because, you know, things that used to work, as I'm sure we're going to talk about, they don't necessarily work anymore. And if we don't change our strategy, all of a sudden nothing happens, right? So talk to us. What are some of the bigger mistakes that you see a lot of marketers making? Yeah. Yeah. And since you and I talked, I think I've thought about more as well. And so there's a couple really big ones. Number one is people don't 
know how to engage in your community, right? It's like if somebody walks into a store, you get by the ambiance exactly how you should interact, what questions you should ask. People don't know naturally how to engage in your space. You have to set the culture. And so a lot of people never get anybody posting because they're not training the people in the group on what questions to ask and how to engage. Part of that problem goes into the second thing that people do, which is they push information. There's a lot of motivational quotes. There's a lot of, you know, pushing training. There's a lot of prompts that are branded. There's a lot of all those things happening. Maybe people engage with those, but you're not actually asking for anybody to give you information. You're pushing information at people. And a lot of people go, I know, but I have so much to give the world. And I'm like, I get it. But one of the best exercises you can do is stop talking for a minute and ask questions that allow your community to engage. And so the training is a problem. The motivational quotes are a problem. Not setting the culture in the right ways is the problem. Not setting the right rules is a huge thing because I've seen groups that just get overrun by other people who want to take over. And when people don't know who the leader is, it can create chaos, right? Because all of a sudden they're following somebody else and then you don't know what to do because this other person has kind of taken over and dominated without the right rules, then all of a sudden it just becomes the wild, wild west in your group and people will stop engaging. And those are just a couple. Were there ones that I missed? I know you and I had talked about them. Right. You have others as well, right? Like we talked about these teaching posts. Talk to me about what that is and why that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the teaching or motivational ones, they've been around forever, right? So there's two things that everybody used to tell you to do. You teach somebody about your hero's journey. You tell them, hey, this is where I was. It's like a Facebook ad that you would see, right? This is how I was and it was hard. And then, you know, but then I conquered and now you get to be successful like me. And here's the learning lesson. What they do is, is you put a question at the end, which is like, so how do you feel about this? Or what are you dealing with today? Or whatever it is, as if you're actually asking, but you're not asking anybody a question. You're trying to tell them how you got this result. And people will go, oh yeah, that was great. And there's no actual engagement or conversation happening there. And what happens is after a while, I've seen this time and time again, if you're putting teaching posts in all the time, then your members are putting teaching posts in all the time. And if there are no rules against teaching posts, right, which is what we generally recommend, if there's no rules against that, then people stop coming in because nobody wants to be talked to all the time. If you sat down with a friend and all they did was talk at you and you don't get a word in edgewise, it's not a very fun conversation. So these teaching posts don't work. On top of that, the other thing that people used to tell us to do, which everybody should really stop right this second, is post a picture of you with the post that has nothing to do with what you're talking about, right? It has nothing to do with what you're talking about. And funny is that clickbait, like the definition of clickbait is that what they're getting you to click on isn't actually what you're going to see. You know, you see it on YouTube where they'll be like, oh, so-and-so says this thing, but that person, it was like one second of a 30-minute video, right? And you had to get to minute 30 to get to it. That's what it is. When you're posting a picture of you and they say picture for effect or pictures to get noticed, nobody wants those. So we find in our group, it's hilarious. When somebody posts that, it'll get no engagement. Nobody does anything. Everybody scrolls right over it because they see the picture. I don't know what this is. I'm not interested. So they don't even read the text to even know that they should answer. So yeah, it's a whole system. Let's talk about this for a second because these two things that you just talked about, putting a photo of yourself up there with some sort of a story versus just writing a long blog post, for lack of better words, that shows some struggle that you had and how you overcame. These are very popular on personal profiles. And I think they do work on personal profiles. 
but it's different, right? Because these are people that are following you or your friends, right? Versus a group. So talk about that a little bit. Why is this context matter so much, right? Yeah. And I will tell you this, that even though it works potentially on your page, it doesn't work as well as what we are going to tell everybody to do instead. So yes, it can work. Well, and I'm talking your personal profile, not your page, but you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just telling you that it does work. You can get it to work. I've even had people in their group say, but Dana, people engage. But then when I show them the difference of engagement from the 10 people over here that connected versus the 200 people over here on the way we're going to tell you how to do it. So there can be, but yes, somebody following you because they expect to learn from you is one thing. And even then what you teach has to be balanced by the other things we're going to tell you about. In a group, nobody opted into you. They opted into a community. They opted into an idea. And a lot of times what you're posting isn't about that idea. It's about the thing you want people to care about, but, but they didn't opt into caring. You just pushed the caring in their face and told them they need to care about this thing. And it's just, it's not the same. Now we do have instances where there are real authentic stories, vulnerable stories where somebody says, this is the thing I dealt with. Has anybody else dealt with this? And how did you deal with it? Where they're actually asking for somebody to give feedback on their experience and find other people that have had that same struggle. And those we allow, it's the ones where you're telling them, I was broken, I fixed myself. I would like to show you how I fixed myself so that I can fix you too. And and just in communities, people don't wanna be fixed. They wanna be accepted. They wanna connect. And those are two big things. You've gotta stop trying to fix people in Facebook groups (laughs) and create connection. And let's talk about boundaries a little bit here too. Inside of the group that we had for Social Media Marketing World, was a bunch of marketers, but most of the marketers instinctively knew not to market themselves. But if you did, right? And it felt a little icky, even though we didn't say it, you know? So let's talk about, you know, if there's no boundaries, what could be the spiral effect of the way the community reacts to this kind of stuff? Well, here's the funny part is we don't recommend that you approve posts, right? So that's one of the things where we recommend you allow posts happen and then you delete them And then you can tell them which rules they broke, right? Facebook has a really cool way of telling people what rule they broke and communicating to them. So we train people that way. If we just put a wall up and let people in, they don't know what they're doing right or wrong. And the rules that we set in place are so powerful in terms of, and I'll tell you kind of what some of those are in just a second, but those are so powerful that we now have women that are not moderators, not anything like that. There are the women that naturally want to create a safe space, like they care about a community so much that things get flagged all the time that aren't even on our team because they're like, you are not allowed to do that. You are not allowed to do that. And I love it because you get those people that that's how they feel valuable within a community is they are the, you know, keep everybody reined in to the rules. And so some of the boundaries that we create, because everybody says no promo, right? But everything is promo, especially like my group are a bunch of business owners. And so we want people to find business, but you don't find business by yelling at people. That's not, so we tell people, you know, you're going to find business in the conversation. I always say that the post or the icebreaker and the real conversation happens in the comment. And that's, that's really important to remember. So boundaries we have are no teaching posts, right? No motivational posts. So you can't do a motivational quote. We don't do like, hey, I just want to tell you that all women are amazing and we love you today because there is no meaning for that, right? But we do allow posts where someone has a real vulnerable story, something real that they're talking about, right? We also don't allow 
When your group is small, you could allow this. But as it gets bigger, we don't allow beta users. What do you mean by that? What do you mean beta users? So someone says, hey, I've got a program and I'm looking for 10 women to come test it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or hey, you know, if you get on a call with me, then I'll give you a free strategy session so I can market research. And some of those are really powerful. Some of those are sales tactics. We create an actual what we call collab Thursday post. And we got rid of it for a while. And then we had to bring it back because so many people wanted it. That's where if you have a beta, if you want to get beta users, if you're trying to get people on the phone to you know do market research, and we have everybody collabing on what they need from each other during that particular time, like I'll do this thing for free for a testimonial, that kind of stuff. And that works really, really great. So when you talk about boundaries, there are things in human nature that we're going to want to do. So if you have a group where people are growing their business in your group, they're going to naturally want to find ways to grow your business. So what you do is you create rules where they can't you know, do teaching posts, they can't promo, they can't do that stuff. But then you create certain prompts as the group gets bigger that facilitates a managed way of doing that, right? So we'll have prompts where we say, hey, who here has a podcast, right? Hey, who here's these kinds of things that we ask so that we can facilitate management of a concept. When your group is smaller, you can let some of those things go a little bit as it gets bigger. Like you want to have good rules in the beginning because as it gets bigger, you won't be able to manage them and it'll just be taken over by a feed of everybody asking questions that are kind of thinly veiled promotion. I like that. No teaching, no motivational posts, no looking for beta testers. I think we might have some in one of our groups that are no links, you know, like we don't want links to third-party sites because obviously that's almost always self-promotional, right? Well, not only that, but there is now called an admin assist and you can create automated things. So for instance, there are certain words that we know mean that it's going to be a promo post. If it, there's a word in it, it'll auto deny it and tell them, you know, something you're saying in here doesn't pass our, our nice. Yeah. And we don't allow outside links. What about in the comments? It's fine in the comments probably, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. In okay. the comments. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we have those and we'll have ones we also have in the auto assist where if, if they get like more than three posts deleted, it turns on approved for a week or two, where then if they post- Their future have to be approved. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of really cool things in Facebook groups now. So the auto assist also has it where if there's more than 50 comments within a short period of time, it shuts off comments and notifies us. So we can make sure if it's engaged, ours is a much larger than 50 comments now because- it's either a really great conversation and we just turn the comments back on or it's heated. Or it's a heated, horrible conversation. And we want to shut it down fast. You're talking about per post, right? You're talking about within a post, right? Within a post. Yeah. yeah. So you can create some really good, it's called auto assist. Oh, I love that. And you can create all sorts of dynamic rules within auto assist that, that are pretty cool. And when you're deleting a post because they're breaking a rule, you can now click which rule they break, write them a note. And it sends it to them anonymously because you can have you or your moderators and it anonymously sends it to them from the group saying, this is what happened. And then I always tell people that no matter what group you have, if it is a community, even if you're thinking about like the group of high school friends you had, right? Every quarter, something happens. Every quarter. Just account for the fact that the world works the way it does, like humans work the way they do. And every quarter, someone's going to email you and tell you they don't like your rules Someone's going to, you know, tell you something that they're angry about what you do. And you just have to recognize that that is cyclical. It will pass. Stay the course. And I promise you, your group will really flourish. (laughs) So we talked about a little bit about rules, like no teaching, no motivational posts, no beta testers, no links, and the automated assist tool. And we also talked about what's 
wrong sometimes is we haven't set the culture or we're pushing too much motivational quotes or essentially treating the group like it's our Facebook page, right? Or if it's like our Instagram profile, right? So we kind of know what not to do. Talk to us about what to do in order to facilitate you know, really great engagement because that's what the algorithm wants. That's what the members of the community want. What's some of the stuff that you've found to be very successful? Yeah. Okay. So the number one part of culture is what we call, we call them permissions. We have a, we have what we call like in our email marketing, everything permission sandwiches and permissions aren't permission to change or do something different. Permissions are what is it that your audience feels guilty about? What is it that they feel judged about? Right. And because they're coming to your group, right? Like my one example, that's just the easiest for everybody goes, you're coming to your group because it's a running group, right? Well, your permissions are going to be about how you have to get up in the morning and you have to run. And people are going to look at you like you're crazy because I don't, I, I joke that, you know, when I want to exercise, I lay down until it passes. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I actually said that on, on stage, introducing Shalene Johnson to everybody. Everybody thought that was, I think they thought it was funny. They laughed. So yeah, you, you have to do these permissions and the permissions are about setting the stage for what you're accepting about them. What most people think is that setting the culture is about saying what this group is about, but that's not it. There's the nuance to what are we all going to freely connect on and not judge each other about. So for us, there's lots of different things of permissions over the years that we've sort of honed in on. But one of those big ones is the hot mess is that, you know, being a hot mess is we can't fix it. We have kids running around. We have businesses. We have highs and lows. We experience all the emotions. It's okay. You're not crazy for being a hot mess sometimes. That's normal. So that's the permission. If you can't write a phrase that you could say to your community that says, when you do this, you're not crazy. That's normal. Then you are not setting the culture strong enough because you need people to come in and say, yes, my in-laws make me feel crazy. Yes, all these people make me feel crazy. But here, here, the way I am is normal. That's huge to setting the culture. Where do we communicate this permission and how do we communicate this permission? Because obviously that's got to be a question on a lot of people's minds right now. Yeah. Well, our biggest, I mean, the easiest way to do that, obviously, is to go live. Writing something never has the same feel as talking it out, right? Like a guy passes you a note, you know, your boyfriend, and it says, I love you. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. But he looks at you and he holds you by the arms and he looks in your eyes and he says, I love you. And you're like, oh, man, now I get it. So I highly recommend that people see your face. They hear you talk. Interestingly, uh, we are finding in Facebook groups that you can get just as much reach because there are people talking about reach and fickleness, <laughs> reach within groups, uploading a video and pinning it to your featured. Oh. They used to call them announcements. They call them featured, pinning it to your featured. So when somebody comes in, it's the first thing they see. When you pin it to your featured, over time, it gets just as much reach as a live. So we don't go live that much, to be honest. We do videos that I'll just record when I'm able to because I have a seven and a nine-year-old and I'm a single mom and I own a business and you know my timing isn't always consistent. So that being live, the other way that you can do permissions is you can do some of your story or highlighting some of your members' stories in a post. Like I said, you don't get as much excitement 
as you do with a live. There are definitely ways within text that you can do it. But man, when someone sees your face and they see that you're authentic and real and serious, you're going to get way more connection. And if you feel nervous about it, record it first and upload it into your features. Well, and I would imagine at the point of entry into the group, you have a little description for your Facebook group, right? Before they answer those questions. And I could see you writing something like, this is the place where you have permission to talk about whatever you said, the hot mess of being a mom and an entrepreneur, right? Something along those lines. Yeah. And I'll even one up you there, which is you have that and- we also have units. So in Facebook groups, they can function kind of like a course. That was their intention. It didn't work, I don't think, you know, to make your courses in Facebook. Right, right, right. <laughs> but what it does do is you can direct people to your units. And we have units on how to get the most out of this group. And there's an intro video of me that talks about what this is about, what we care about, what we're passionate about, what those permissions are. And then we have a couple other videos in the unit that tells them why we don't allow teaching posts, but what to do instead. So we set the stage. Then we have a unit on free resources we have. And then we have a unit on all of our moderators and our advisory board. And we have a unit on our paid options and things like that. So you can do use units because you will get farther reach by directing them to an internal link than you will an external link. So we move people over. And they've actually, by the way, recently changed the way you welcome people in. We actually made this request, so I like to think that we're the ones that told them and Facebook did it because of us. <laughs> One likes to dream. What used to happen is you used to get a little button that says you've got 10 new members or 50 new members, and you click it, and you can actually do a post that tags all of those people. Okay. That's what you want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. welcome post. Yeah, so it's like a call out. So you not only have your description, but you actually have a welcome post and it tags all the new people. What used to happen is it just used to list out their names and then we would have people spam new members, right? We'd have these thing that Facebook couldn't fix that would be like, they would say they were us. They were like, we're the boss mom community. Like, how can we help you? They actually changed that now and it's like a BCC thing where it doesn't show you all the people. It just says this was, you know, there's a hundred people in here and it tags them, but it doesn't show you. So I'm very excited to say they've made this change, but you can actually welcome people in mass. Now, I don't know if this is still true, but only certain kinds of groups, I believe, can have units, right? Don't you have to claim that your group is being used for education or something like that to be able to have these units things? Or do you think it's now available for all groups? It's available for most. It does depend. Most people are going to pick general is what I would suggest. There's very few cases where you really need to pick. But you can change it if you want to, right? And you can change it. Yeah. It's in your settings. And they've made some really cool things. If you can also turn on or like we turn off event features so people can't post events in the group. We turned off live. So you can actually control the functions that they see. Like we don't recommend doing polls in the groups. We turn off polls. Don't do polls. You don't really? keep engagement with polls. Why? Yeah. You want to ask the question, say A, B, or C, one, two, or three. Tell me in the comments. Uh. The problem with the algorithm is somebody answering your poll doesn't actually help you in engagement. It's the comments that help you in engagement. And if you are posting and people are commenting, but you aren't connecting with their comments, it really hurts you and it hurts your reach for the next things that you put out. So if you're going to post something in your group, actually engage with the people. We find this for me because we post a lot of prompts and things in our group because it's so big. We do this a lot more than I recommend for smaller groups because we get 100 posts a day. We get somewhere between two to 300,000 comments every month just within the group. So I get lost in my own group. So we have to be careful that we don't post my prompts and then we don't have somebody helping me engage with members. Otherwise, then when I post, 
the next thing that's just me. Nobody sees it. So you got to make sure don't post and then just let people comment thinking that's engagement. The comment does pop it up to the top of the feed so it can help. I generally tell people, if you really want to create good, some good engagement in your group and you have a good question that you're asking, we can talk about questions in a second, but asking a question and people are engaging, just comment on one or two of them, walk away, right? Let it be popular. Then come back a couple hours, comment on a couple and pop away. So every time it pops up to the top of the feed, the algorithm goes, oh, this is popular. And the more popular it is over time, the more it helps you. So don't give up all of your engagement power in the beginning. You know, if you had three people comment, just engage with one and walk away, then come back for the other one. And when it pops it up to the top of the feed, then that's going to be the first one. The next people coming into your group to hang out, we'll see. And the more you can keep things at the top of the feed that are your posts or somebody within, if you're in, this works great for other people's groups as well. People in Boss Mom that do our system well in Boss Mom do that, where you engage slowly with the post and it keeps it trending over time. And then you are seen as a more long-term engager versus a one-hit wonder, so to speak. Well, you mentioned earlier that the reason you don't want to do the regular poll is because Facebook really cares about the comments and the engagement. So let's talk about that. And you also mentioned prompts or whatever. So what are some of the things that we as group moderators, managers, owners, whatever you want to call us, what are some of the things we can do to create really crazy, good engagement with the way that we're creating posts? Yes. Okay. So there is prompts, which is basically what you're posting as the group manager to help people engage and feel like they're able to promote those kinds of things. So for anybody who is helping people grow their business, prompts are going to be really, really important. Well, explain what that is for people that don't understand what you mean. A prompt for would be, hey, if you have a podcast, post it below. A prompt would be, you know, if you only had $100 to spend in your business, what advice would you give for someone with $100? So the prompts are really big, broad questions. Or for us, a lot of our prompts are questions that allow you to manage, you know, our collab Thursday as a prompt, right? Or our, you know, share your YouTube or your or blog or, you know, those kinds of things. Like we have one that's like, if you have something to sell under $100. So we create these managed spaces for people to promote. So if you are helping people grow their business, you absolutely want to have some prompt questions that allow them to share their authority platforms, allow them to share their opt-ins or their content, allow those kinds of things, because they're not going to want to stick around if you're not giving them these facilitated spaces. And then you can manage what those look like. If you are managing a group where just they are people that aren't growing businesses, it's, you know, for parenting, it's for relationships, any of those, in that case, the prompts are less important, right? Because they're not selling anything. They're there for a different reason. So keep that in mind. Questions, on the other hand, the best way to get engagement, whether you were hanging out in somebody else's group or you have your own group, we call them buzz questions, right? And the reason we call them buzz questions is because It is helping you with decision support, market research. It's getting people familiar with what you do and calling out your ideal client at the same time while creating engagement. These are going to be specific questions like you would ask a focus group, right? Facebook groups for all intents and purposes are focus groups, right? They're people that have identified as a certain kind of person that are all hanging out together and they want you to ask them questions. They have opinions. So decision support questions are going to be ones where you go, hey, I'm about to put out a new opt-in about opt-ins. We did this once, right? An opt-in about opt-ins. And we want to know, do you want to know how to create an opt-in, how to market an opt-in, or how to nurture somebody once they've gotten into your opt-in? 
right? And then we asked that question and everybody said, well, I don't know how to create an opt-in. Well, none of my opt-ins work. Great. I didn't make the wrong opt-in. You actually helped me make a decision in my business. And you now know that I teach people how to make opt-ins, right? And so asking decision support questions on, hey, I'm launching a new podcast, which cover do you like? Never make a decision about a cover, a title, or anything like that without going out and asking your group or other groups if, if you're just starting your own. You know, it's also a good way if your group isn't growing to find a couple other groups and ask some of these really good decision support questions. And then people will naturally start clicking on your name. And as long as your group is linked to you, they're going to find your group. They're going to connect with you, right? And you can connect in the comments. So decision support questions are great. We have like opinions, right? Hey guys, I'm working on, you know, pitching myself on podcasts or I'm looking for guests. What are your guys' favorite podcasts in this space? right? Like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what's your favorite resource for this particular thing? Like, hey, when it comes to blank, you know, which do you prefer, A or B? So you're, you're getting their opinions on what they think. And those are outside of actual decisions. They're very similar to decision support questions, but it's not a business decision you're trying to make. It's just trying to understand more of your market. People love to answer those questions, right? And then you have, let's see, we've got decision support. You've got the opinions. Well, I, I did one. I wanted to throw out there, uh, and by the way, we should probably caveat that I think you and I talked about when you write these questions, we should use those backgrounds that Facebook provides, right? Oh, I'm so glad you said that because we, in the beginning, I should have told you, stop branding everything. Just stop it. I'm literally going to make you and your social media manager's life so much easier. Stop putting your logo on stuff. Stop putting a pretty picture. And for the love of all that's holy, stop making all of the things look the same. If you notice, go on YouTube. Look at the YouTube channels that are really thriving right now. They have a brand essence, right? A congruency, but they are not using the same thing. People's brains shut off. It's like when you drive home from work and then you get there and you realize you don't remember how you got home, but your brain just did it. Right, right, right. That's what people do. They will literally stop looking at your stuff. Stop branding. Stop putting your logo. Just use the background and schedule it right in Facebook with your question. I promise you the world will open up to you. just less branding. (laughs) Well, and it looks so much better than just text too, because it creates kind of a rectangle, right? And it's got the text nice and big and you can put emojis and stuff in it. A couple things that I did in the Facebook group for social media marketing world is one of the questions I asked is how many years have you been attending the conference? That was it, right? And people were going nuts talking about, I'm new, I'm super nervous. And some people are like, I've been here since year one, you know, and it just created this thread that even now, People are still responding to that. They now say, I can now say one, you know, and then another one I posted was how excited are you about the conference? Post your favorite emoji below, right? And, you know, you had people going nuts with the excitement. I don't know. It just came to me to post these kinds of questions because you could tell there was so much energy and it kind of got other people excited. And some people had their own custom, you know, like uh, gifts that they were putting in the comments and stuff. Oh, yeah. Do you have a name for these kinds of things? People will spend hours on gifts. Well, okay, so there's comparison ones, right? I would just call it the GIF or emoji. So ones that you're talking about that work really well when you're talking about a GIF is a couple. I'm on your show. I posted in my group. And instead of me just saying, hey, go check out you know, my social media exam or social media marketing podcast, I'm super excited. Those posts don't get any engagement right? But when I say, holy moly, bucket list achieved, I did this when I was first on your show, bucket list achieved was just on the social media marketing podcast. Everybody drop a GIF and let's do a little dance. There you go. Hundreds, 
Yeah. Hundreds of people, right? Yeah. Now, people then said, without me putting the link in it, people said, well, where can I find it? And so now I'm commenting and giving them the link within it because then I can create engagement. Really great ones are, for instance, when I think of the word content marketing, when you think of the word content marketing, drop a gift for how it makes you feel because a picture says a thousand words, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why say it when they could find a gift that shows, you know, a little girl falling asleep on a thing or somebody, you know, excited. So words for market research that you want to know, understand more of how your audience perceives those concepts, ask them, like drop a gift to describe how you feel about parenting a toddler, right? How you feel about running a marathon, like how you feel about blank. And people love to do those. Comparison also, right? Are you more of a Jack Johnson or John Mayer fan? Are you a wheels or a doors person, right? You know, that whole, like, which is more? Yes. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Yeah. Right? Like, which camp are you in? So, like, a which camp are you in person? Which do you prefer? This is great if you're running an event, right? And we were figuring out the decor back when I did events, like, before I was even on with you. And we would say, hey, here's two couches. Do we want modern or do we want vintage? Right? And we would ask, like, hey, I've got to come in with an entry song. Do we want the final countdown? Or do we want, well, I don't even remember. It's always the final countdown for me. So I don't, I don't know what the other <laughs> option would be, but you know what I mean? So those ones are so easy. Yeah. Okay. This is one question I know is going to be on everybody's mind. Okay. I have a group, I'm running a business and like Dana, I hope to use some way to promote at some point. How do I do that? Without going into a lot of depth, what kind of posts do we have the permission to use as the owner of the group once in a blue moon to kind of get people to become customers? What's your thoughts on that? A social board we use for people who have smaller groups is once a week, you can do just a straight up ask post is what we call it. Instead of being promo, we say it's an ask. Now, the great part about having a Facebook group is one of your three questions when people come in should be, would you like to give me your email address? And I will send you cool things. And if you are not collecting their email address, then you're missing out. So what happens is instead of having to make money off of promoing in your own group, what you do is you talk about your products in what we call inline mentions a lot more. And then the people that are actually engaged are already in your email list. So you can already nurture those. We do actually do a daily promo post because we have so much traffic. Generally say once a week. And what we'd say is treat it like a billboard. It's not going to get a lot of engagement. We actually just got a testimonial from our Nurture Convert Society. And she's like, oh my gosh, Jana, you're right. I've been doing these new promo posts. And she teaches sex ed parents on how to talk to their kids, you know, about physical right. stuff. Right. And super popular, goes in. She couldn't figure out how to monetize it. And she went in and she started doing these just billboard-esque. It's just about building familiarity. They And she goes, oh my gosh, you were so right. We weren't getting a lot of engagement on those posts. And that's why you don't want to do them all too often. Otherwise, it'll hurt your overall engagement. But she's like, but people notice them. And then in my other posts, people started asking, oh, so tell me about that course that you have. Tell me about that thing that you have. And so what it does is it's like driving by the pizza billboard on your way home. And then at night, you're like, I feel like pizza, right? You just build familiarity. So is this a graphic? Is this text? Is this one of those backgrounds with some text in it and details in the comments? Like, well, how do you normally do this? Of all things, this would be the one that's branded. This is the one that's like, hey, if you have this problem and you want this solution, then check out this thing. And we like it to be your actual product. So not just your opt-in. Like a little video? Is it a video or is it an image? You know what? Here's the fun part. Especially if you guys are, if anybody's dabbling in ads, use your Facebook group as a test group. 
right? So we just did one that has a cow sticking out the side and we're like, hey, did your mom ever tell you they won't <laughs> buy the cow if you give them the milk for free? Is like, are you giving away the milk for free in your business? And it was one we were playing around with an ad to be like, do you like this? And it talks about, so we use our Facebook group as a testing ground. Oh, I like that. For things that we might turn into ads. And if it gets absolute crickets, then why would a cold audience <laughs> engage with it if we can't yeah. get a warm audience to engage with it? I love that. Yeah, but you get space. You can technically do whatever you want. The biggest thing I think you get your bang for your buck for when you are in your group is I would recommend, and this can change as you decide what works best for you, but I would recommend doing a live once a week or doing a video once a week. And we alternate them. Once a week, you're going to do a permission. You're going to get in and it's not about, you know, teaching them something. It is about giving them permission to be who they are. It's okay if you have an inconsistent schedule. All moms do. You can still be successful. It's anyway, you know, that kind of thing. We inline mention the Nurture to Convert Society all the time. So it just comes up in conversation. So it just comes up. I'm not yeah. telling you where to go. Yeah. I'm not telling you all the things. I'm just saying, oh my gosh, Kath and the Nurture Universe Society was just talking about how her kid did A, B, and C, and it was crazy. And, and then she did this and it worked. That's great. And then I passed right through it. It's like I nonchalantly just passed right over it. Well, that's exactly what I do on this podcast for anybody who pays attention, right? We just kind of planted little seeds of social media marketing world, right? But we didn't say buy a ticket here directly, but I love that. Deanna like banana, not Dana, <laughs> Dana Malstaff. I know so many people listening want to go further and want to discover more about you and all the great stuff you've got going on. So where do you want to send them? Yes, we are sending you to, you can go to a page. So it's boss-mom.com forward slash, what did we decide? Social media examiner? No, SME. SME. That's yes. it. That's way easier to remember. Okay. boss dash mom.com slash SME. What will they discover when they go there? Do I have to tell them or can it be a, a it'll blow your mind? No, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to give you a bunch of great resources. Okay, cool. We're going to lead you to a bunch of places. And here's the thing. I'm a big believer in decision support. So we have a quiz. So instead of you wasting a ton of your time, you're going to take two minutes and you're going to answer a fun, playful picture oriented quiz. And when you're done with it, it's going to tell you the exact tiny set of resources you should use that would take your business to the next level. Awesome. Dana Malstaff, thank you so much for answering my millions of questions. I know that there's a lot of people that are going to watch this or listen to this and are going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm making all those mistakes and I've got to get it corrected. And they're going to be the hero for their business or for their brand because of all the wisdom you share with us today. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. You know, I get all passionate and ranty about this stuff. So I always have a blast. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 507. If you're new to the show, follow this show. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about it? I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.